Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book our free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to build a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, Al McDonald. Al, what's going on in your world today? Big weekend coming up, Robin. First weekend of the Great Cycle Challenge, which I've committed to again this year. So crossing my fingers for some great weather, which it looks like it will be, and three days of riding to rack up some miles to meet my goal. And your goals increased a little bit this year, and that a might have been bit, your own your own mistake. A little bit what of error, there? but... Uh... <laughs> yes, I increased my goal to 750K this year, a little bit mistakenly, but that's okay. I just figured out a plan on how to do it. So we'll work towards that. There you go. Hey, why not? You did 650 last year. Why not up the ante why this not? year? Why not and, and you know what? Well, it gives us more to cheer you on for. So that's great. Exactly. Well, returning to the podcast by huge popular demand, I'll say, is Karis Cook. And Karis is the chief people officer over at Swift Medical, leading people strategy and operations, employer branding, communications, and team member experiences. Karis has always held a profound passion for changing the face of HR from the principal's office to being deeply embedded in core company strategy at the leadership table. Specializing in high growth scaling organizations, Karis has spent her career working directly with, as well as coaching and advising founders and CEOs. She has over 20 years of strategic people leadership across multiple industries, including health and medical technology, consumer packaged goods, and market research, building award-winning inclusive workplaces, driving performance, excellence, and growth, and augmenting strong value-based cultures. Before joining Swift Medical, she held the position of VP of People and Culture at Blue Dot, and prior to that, VP of People and Culture at The Pure Company. She has previously held leadership positions at Viva Naturals, Grimco, and Research Strategy Group. Earlier in her career, before transitioning into the people space, she worked as a chef within the fine dining industry in Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Karis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Well, we're recording this, not early morning, we're heading towards lunch. And as I started doing that intro, and we're talking about, you know, you being a fine dining chef, I got to ask you, when you were a chef, did you have a favorite meal that you would prepare for others? Actually, when I was a chef, cooking at home was not a thing because you cook all day long for other people. The last thing that you want to do is cook again at home. So no, <laughs> I have to say, you know, whatever was left over from the restaurant, was that's what would come home. And then I would really not want to cook for okay. parties or anything like that afterwards. So. Totally get that. But what would you say was your signature dish where people said, oh, we got to go out. I want to have this chef's dish tonight. It's fantastic. What would that be? 
probably there's like a lemon pork dish that has these like really crispy but soft in the inside potatoes with lemon sauce and green beans was sort of that signature that and that is what I will cook now and now that I am retired from being a chef that's usually what I'll cook for people or anything as a proponent of being very healthy it's a lot of you know really fresh salads and, and things like that which is super interesting but that's that's what I do most of the time now. I'm sold already. I'm sold. Whenever we get the invite, we're uh, we're coming over because that sounds <laughs> great to me. But we're not here to talk about that today. We're going to uh, talk about your current role and where you are now at Swift Medical. And I thought that's a great place to start. Can you maybe start with telling us a little bit about Swift Medical's uh, core focus and how the company's making a difference in the healthcare industry? Yeah, absolutely. So Swift Medical is a digital health software company. We are focused on improving clinical and economic outcomes and skin conditions, including wound care. And really central to our approach is the Swift Skin and Wound mobile application, which enables any mobile device to be equipped with AI-powered imaging capabilities to really capture clinically validated high-precision 3D images, measurements, and other clinical data. And the imaging that's captured at the point of care enables that real-time at-risk patient imaging and documentation, clinical decision supports, and remote wound care and treatment recommendations. And wound care management is largely an unmet need in, in healthcare today. It's funny how AI, a couple of months ago, you know, chat GPT came out and everyone starts talking about it. But this is the first episode we've recorded, at least I believe it's the first episode where AI has now come into the conversation, into the podcast. And I'd just love to get your opinion on it. And I think I know the answer, but a lot of people are maybe rightly so, I don't know, uh, afraid of AI. And it sounds like your company has kind of jumped in to say, no, 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 this can help with what we're doing. What's your perspective from your position on AI and how it's going to influence work? There's so many things to really unpack there. I have mixed feelings about it, we'll say that. I mean, there is the argument around data and how that's protected. And that's where my concern is. And that's where, of course, our concern at Swift Medical is always about protecting patient data. And so like when we think about, you know, chat GPT and all of the like HR related AI, how much information are you putting out there into the world about the data that should reside within your company? So, you know, where are the safeguards and securities around that? And that's where my concern is. I love a chat GPT for, you know, writing a job description or like doing some of the day-to-day mundane tasks that you could do yourself, but if a machine can do it faster, kind of nice to, to use that every once in a while. But we, yeah, where my concern is, is with the, just the data privacy. So it sounds like, again, on the topic of AI, you've got this great tool that can help you manage wound care. And you said that that was really critical and really important. So can you just talk about from Swift Medical's point of view, like why is that so important? And what is it that you guys do to address this and manage it? Yeah, absolutely. Here's where I get super passionate. So most people do not realize wound care management is one of the costliest and overlooked threats in healthcare today. There are between 
27 to 50% of hospital beds currently occupied by patients requiring wound management. And when we look at what that means from a numbers perspective, in the United States alone, chronic wounds impact over 8.2 million patients, costing an estimated 96 billion annually for Medicare alone, not accounting for Medicaid or the impact underserved populations, which I'm sure, you know, being in the benefit space might resonate with you. And 50% of wounds never heal. 50% never heal. And you know, when you think of the toll on the quality of life and the emotional and physical trauma that patients and their families go through, that can't be understated. And according to a January 2023 study by the American Diabetes Association, the lifetime risk of experiencing a foot wound is 18 to 34% across the estimated 537 million people worldwide who have diabetes, with 20% of those requiring lower extremity amputation. That's really what's being called the silent epidemic. So SWIFT, where do we come in there? So our technology right now is deployed at about 4,000 healthcare facilities across North America, with proven outcomes from over 20 million wound assessments. We've increased speed of wound healing by 37%, reduced the prevalence and hospitalizations by 35% and 14% respectively, and shortened hospital length of stay by 62%. And what really sets SWIFT apart is by leveraging aerospace imaging technologies. Our platform is more powerful than any other product on the market. We've had that unique capability to capture 3D complex wound images and then track wound path progression, and that's unmatched. So I'm going to ask, which is probably sounds like a really dumb question, first of all, but then I'll follow up with another one. So the first kind of dumb sounding question is, like, what do you consider a wound? Could it be anything as, you know, as simple as a cut, a bite, or are we talking about something more serious? But then my second part to that question is going to be, okay, so I get a wound somehow your technology is it something that you know i can just use on my own or is it something that you guys work in conjunction with doctors hospitals and then they say you know use this technology to help us diagnose this person's wound so a wound is you know a wound that needs to be managed so i mean it's not just a scrape that you might have at home that heals properly on its own it would be maybe that scrape got infected, and then you needed to go into your doctor and have them manage the healing of that wound. As far as, sorry, what was your sentence? Well, just, <laughs> so I've got that cut. It has become infected. And oh, yeah. maybe I do go see a doctor, but maybe it still isn't healing. Is your technology something I can use? Or is it something that, again, you deal more with the healthcare professionals, the hospitals, the doctors, and, and they say, yes, Al, you know, help us diagnose this by using this technology from Swift Medical. Yes. So we work directly with the healthcare providers and future state, we would hope to have a patient application. Right now we are working directly with the healthcare facilities, could be a wound care clinic, could be long-term care facilities or skilled nursing facilities, I call it in the US. There's you know, a number of partnerships that we have across the board. We integrate with electronic medical records as well. So there's a broader reach there as we sort of move into value-based care models. 
but right now it is yeah, directly with the doctor. And so your doctor or you know, whatever facility that you're going to has to have the SWIFT application in order for you to be able to have the benefits from it. And then, you know, as I said, future state, we'd like to have that patient application. Sorry, Al, I, I, I have some personal experience along here and I didn't realize the wound care, I guess, industry or issue was as large as it was until a few years ago. My brother since passed away, but he was in the hospital for a long periods of time and not moving around a lot. And, and certain wounds open up on, you know, bed sores. And again, they just weren't healing. And I remember talking to the nurse and, and I was kind of stunned just how big of an issue this is, and especially in hospitals when people are staying long periods of time. So I was certainly glad, Karis, when we first chatted and I thought, oh, good, there's someone doing something about this because it's a big, big issue. Sorry, I'll interrupt, but I just it just brought back memories of, you know, visiting my my brother in the hospital and he'd have these gaping, sorry, gross anyone out, but gaping wounds that just would not heal without assistive devices and things to help him. So yeah, sorry, Al. No, I was just going to kind of echo that and not, you know, without the personal example. But again, I did not know that this was such a big issue. But some of the statistics that you quoted are amazing. Like, that's uh, eye-opening. And it's quite amazing. Like, almost every single person that we speak to, I mean, during the interview process, when you start talking about wound care, there's a personal example from almost every single person. I mean, you've either had a wound yourself or your loved one. And many people do, unfortunately, pass away due to their wounds and that needs to stop. I think we could probably do an entire podcast on that because it's very interesting. But when we get access to someone like you, I do want to pick your brain a little bit about corporate culture because I know the audience is very interested in hearing ideas around building corporate culture. We're all trying to do that, right? Have successful organizations. Al and I and my other business partner are growing the firm. Uh, We're adding more people. We've made the decision, hey, here's the days we're going to be in the office. Is that the right thing? We don't know. We're guessing like everybody else, we're making decisions that we think are right. But from your perspective, when we're talking about culture, you know, really the backbone of any successful company, in your mind, how does culture play a significant role at your company? And why is that vital to the company's success? Yeah. I mean, because I work in this space day in and day out, I tend to believe that everybody already knows this. (laughs) But, um, and then I see companies out there that are not embracing the power of culture and then realize, well, it probably should be common knowledge. It isn't quite yet. So culture at Swift is really taken as seriously as business strategy. It's equally tangible, impactful, and deliberately designed and cultivated. And every culture needs to be, or you know, wherever you have a group of people together, culture will develop whether you pay attention to it or not. And sometimes that can become incredibly toxic or it can be very much in support of the direction that you want your company to go in, your vision, your aligned with your goals. So why is it so critical to success? I mean, I could probably go on about this for days. So I will try to only touch on a few things. So in a nutshell, I suppose, culture, as you said, serves as the backbone of any organization. Certainly at Swift, because it provides that fundamental framework upon which every aspect of the company rests and thrives. And, you know, since we are in healthcare technology, we sort of think of it in medical terms. So a backbone provides that structure, stability and support to your body. So, you know, a strong organizational culture does the same thing for your business. So sometimes culture can be sort of misconstrued as 
the events that you put on or what we used to do in the, the world before COVID of like beers after work and all that fun stuff we used to do. That is not culture. It certainly contributes to culture, but it is not your culture. Culture really embodies core values, beliefs, guiding principles, fosters that shared understanding and setting those standards of behavior, what's acceptable, what's not. It shapes decisions, responses to things, conflict resolution, and can develop things like resilience and grit, which is really necessary in a scaling organization. So it really like unites and empowers, creating that shared identity and purpose which then boosts engagement. You know, if you have a strong culture and, and values that are deeply embedded, it's easy for you to then trust your people to make the decisions on behalf of the business because they are always taking those core values into consideration when taking those decisions. And typically, not always, <laughs> you're making the right decisions because you are considering you know, what's important to the business from a values perspective. And also externally, so it really shapes the interactions that you can have out in the world. It can elevate your reputation as an organization and can attract partnerships. I've seen in many posts online and even contracts coming through that a healthy culture is actually a prerequisite to collaboration for many organizations today. They just will not work with you if you have a bad reputation in the marketplace, the way that you treat your people or you know, the things you believe in as an organization. So think of it too as that culture is shaping your organization's legacy and impact on whatever industry that you're in and ultimately the products or services that you put out into the world influences the kind of mark that the company leaves behind and contributions that you're making to community. Really like the invisible yet intentional force that weaves through every facet of an organization, influencing actions, decisions, and outcomes. I noticed you used the word deliberate mm -hmm. in there. And you also used what we talk about in our company, which are guiding principles, values are guiding principles, kind of interchangeable a little bit. But can you talk about, are there some things that you've seen at your own company that maybe you can share with us that give an example of some deliberate types of transformations and things that, again, relate to your, whether they're your values or your, your guiding principles, but things that relate to Swift Medical again? So before I touch on that, I wanted to just talk a little bit about ownership of culture, because I think it's really important and is one of my pet peeves in organizations with the titles out there and the people field that include culture. So like the people in culture titles, because it implies that the people team owns culture and we do not. So the way that I look at it and the way that we look at it at Swift is that our CEO or CEOs of whatever organization, they own the culture, whatever the CEO's actions are, Whatever the CEO accepts as the worst denominator of that, you know, value, that becomes your culture. The people team is in place to really develop programs and frameworks alongside, I do say alongside other leaders, in support of driving the behaviors that enforce the values and culture manifestos or you know, guiding principles or whatever you choose to call those things. And very, very importantly, the entire team 
So every single person at your organization is responsible for culture every single day. And we really talk about this all the time at Swift. Don't tell me what you don't like. Don't complain. Tell me what you are going to do to make it better. What are your ideas? What are your suggestions? How do we fix this? So, you know, when we talk about our transformation, I mean, it's been a remarkable journey and hasn't been devoid, of course, of significant challenges and intense dedication on behalf of the team, but every moment has really been invaluable and we still have a long way to go in this transformation. So when we sort of look at where it all started at the beginning of the year, we welcomed Brian Linton as a new CEO and leader. Somebody that we knew was really going to help us drive the company and the revolution of wound care forward. And like any company that's undergoing that kind of leadership change, there's often that need to sort of take a little bit of a pause, reevaluate culture, reset to really align with the new leaders as well as the team's collective vision. So that journey began by establishing strong meaningful values that everyone can unite behind. So we have four new values. <laughs> They're patient first, intentional urgency, trusted execution, and collective impact. But those cannot be mere words and you just throw them up on the wall and <laughs> expect everybody all of a sudden to act with those things. They have to be defined and defined with action and eliminate any ambiguity because what does patient first mean to you? It might mean something very different than it means to me. That's a hard one. <laughs> Probably means the same to most people, but, you know, intentional or just like, where do you place the action to that? So I won't go into the examples of all four of them, but just to give you an example of, of two of those values. When we think about patient first, it really embodies our unwavering focus on patients and talked about wound care and the impact that it has on people. And ultimately, even though we are not directly serving the customers, we work with the clinicians or the providers that are providing the care. So ultimately, at the end of the day, it is all about them. So we walk in patients' shoes and you know put them in the forefront of everything that we are thinking about and everything that we are designing. The intentional urgency really acknowledges that urgency in a scaling organization is important but emphasizes the fact that there needs to be thoughtful prioritization because everything cannot be on fire all the time, 24 hours a day. It's exhausting. You burn your people out. So we really distinguish true urgency from future priorities. What can be delayed a week? What can wait for an alignment? And then you know, ensure that we remain focused there. I was looking forward to this podcast so much because the first one in the subsequent relationship we've built, I'm looking forward to our upcoming lunch even more. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, on our podcast, we have limited time to record, right? And we've talked about it. We try to keep them snackable for our guests so that they can get one in and not be three hours, but we could easily talk for three hours here. And the last answer alone, just as you were talking, I'm like, oh my God, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I love when we have a conversation like this and we came up with the name Success Leaves Clues on the podcast. And I guarantee you, you're dropping tons of clues for people here. But one of the ones that I really picked up on, and it's, it's relevant to Al and I and, and how we've restructured the company, is you had said, you know, the CEO really has to live those values or guiding principles. And it was funny when you were talking about 
one of the first ones at Swift Medical. It really aligns with us, but instead of patients, of course, it's clients because our first guiding principle is improving the lives of our clients, right? It's, so it's clients first. So I think we're very aligned. And one of the things that I'd struggled early on with is, hey, we're the partners. We're the ones with the skin in the game. So here's the rule for everybody else, but we don't have to do that, which is the furthest thing from the truth, right? And I'm looking at Al now as our CEO saying, hey, if you're not doing it, then nobody else is going to do it and believe it, right? So I guess one of the follow-up questions I would have is those guiding principles or values, where does that start? Is it in the interview process looking for those values that you align on? And then how do you make sure that either new members coming in or the existing people, as you went through this transformation, how do you make sure all the right players are in place to support that culture and the transformation that you went through? It starts even before the interview process. So it's you know really talking about your culture as part of your employer brand. And so people can take a look at your website or your LinkedIn page and they can really go, oh yeah, I could see myself working here because I align with all of the things that they're saying that they are. And then in your job ads and then through your interview process. So at Swift, we have a culture interview that is specifically geared to understanding how these values show up in somebody. And we're not looking for clones. And this is why we don't say, you know, fit. And that's a whole other podcast. But it really is, how is somebody going to come in and align, but also make our culture even better? Because you have to look at things from a diversity lens, that when you have values that are like, I don't know, passion or something, um, like passion can show up very differently in somebody who's an introvert. They can be extremely passionate yet quiet. And then there's passionate that's very obvious in an extroverted person where you're going to see it right off the bat. But that passion might be actually toxic because it might not be the right kind of passion within your organization. So you have to look at all of those. And and we have very specific questions designed around how to figure out whether people are going to either augment our culture or detract from it. Ensuring that we had the right team in place to deliver on our, our shared goals. We went through a process of very thoughtful evaluation and determined that we did need an organizational reshaping to really ensure that we had the right team members and the right roles for the road ahead. We haven't reduced headcount. So rather we're meticulously crafting roles that actually capitalize on individual strengths and then also align with our goal forward plan. And our approach really extends to also refining our operational methods to optimize for efficiency and productivity. So it's not just looking at people, it's looking at the ways in which we do things, because sometimes it's a system issue, not a people issue. (laughs) That's always, I need more people to do the things that we need to do. You don't always need another person. You sometimes need to look at the process and the ways you're doing things. And if you streamline some of those things, take the 25 unnecessary meetings out of your calendar a week, those kinds of things, then you can often go with the people that you have and actually structure their time so that they are more productive and feel like they're contributing in more meaningful ways. So we've also bolstered our performance feedback initiatives, which really guarantees that there's a regular constructive feedback cycle and coaching which is really important for our team to position them for success for both our collective impact and their personal aspirations. We also have every single team member that has goals that are aligned to our balanced scorecard. 
So that's driving our organizational success. And this piece in particular really exemplifies the transformation that's like profoundly that transformation that has taken root within Swift because we've always thrived to achieve that 100% full goal alignment as many organizations do, but we have never until now actually achieved it. So we had really incredible engagement in that program, ensuring that every single person has those goals and they are rolling in the same direction. One of the things I always love about speaking with people like yourself on podcasts is I can get a, a little bit of measurement of what we're doing. You know, are we doing the right things and hopefully learning some things and picking up some things from your conversation. And I guess so far from what I've heard today, I think we're on the right track. I feel a little bit better about uh, what we're doing, but back to you, because this is all great that, you know, you're working on your culture. You've talked about guiding principles, being deliberate, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, people want to see results. Right. So can you maybe just share a little bit about what this has meant in terms of outcomes or results? Again, it's with medical by doing all this, because it sounds like you've been working on a lot so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is only a few months of work. So we have a long way to go and still, you know, really embedding the values into everything that we do. We've started a culture ambassador program, which we had the team nominate people across all teams that they thought would be really good at amplifying our culture. And then we went through an interview process to make sure that we picked the right people to be on that team and are just starting up that program where those people will actually be bringing to their teams, just really like enforcing in team meetings. Are we thinking about the values when we're making these decisions? And then bringing also back from those teams, the voice of the teams to the culture table to make sure that we are including everybody in the conversation and that we're providing programs that actually are part of the our inclusive and belonging initiatives. So it's like a two-way conversation rather than what tends to happen is that the people team is constantly just spouting out information to the company. We want the company giving us back that information as well. But in the few months since we've implemented our new strategies and ways of working, we've really seen a noticeable increase in productivity and efficiency, as well as enthusiasm at work. We had a recent homecoming event. We do a semi-annual event. We bring everybody together in person. It was a two-day event where we shared our go-forward plan with our, our new CEO that we crafted that leadership team and our new CEO shared that out. Everybody was able to participate in that. We brought in some speakers to help support some of the new ideas. And there's really been this, you can feel it, the stronger sense of belonging and purpose. And it's great to have a feeling, but that's also been validated. So we did a recent engagement survey where our engagement score increased by 37 points. And that was only over a three month period which is pretty outstanding, if I do say so myself. Not that I'm solely responsible for it. <laughs> and, you know, a cornerstone to our approach is really having that full transparency coming from leadership, which is that catalyst for building trust, that we're going to tell you what's going on in the organization. You're going to know, and you're going to be able to make the decisions for yourself. And that commitment really ensures that solid foundation for the long haul. So really the team today is, is aligned around the central objective of spearheading patient-first wound care transformation. And that shared mission serves up as a unifying force 
And I think when you're in a mission-driven organization, it's a lot easier to rally around a thing that, that you're all doing, you're building together, that's really important to everybody. And if we kind of go back to the interview process too, we also look for people who are passionate about what we are doing and what we are building. That is key. Because if they don't care about, <laughs> about what we're doing, then you know, they're not going to, to put in the efforts that, that are needed to build what we're, we're trying to build today. Well, it certainly sounds like you've done an incredible amount of work and are starting to see the success. And uh, I certainly look forward to, uh, again, as Robin said, being able to pick your brain a little bit more when we have our lunch in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be great. Absolutely. Well, listen, you are welcome back anytime. We had a lot of demand to hear back from you. So I'm glad you agreed to come back, but you've got that open invitation. So thank you for joining us today and sharing your journey about the transformation. What's the best way for people to reach out to you or if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Swift Medical? Yep, certainly by email, karis.cook at swiftmedical.com or on LinkedIn, karis.cook on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for today's episode. As always, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or we're joining the conversation on LinkedIn. As we've seen here today, success leaves clues, my friends. Mm -hmm.